0: Hello, my name is Jim. This is my podcast, Bloody Vegans. You're very welcome to it. Each week, I'll be traveling ever deeper into the world of veganism, discovering along the way a multitude of viewpoints from the political and ethical to the practical. I'll be doing this through a series of conversations, each aiming to further illuminate my understanding and hopefully yours of all things plant centric. On this week's episode, I'll be speaking with Tina Newman, the author of uh, and self-publisher, in fact, of an incredible vegan children's book, uh, VV the Super Vegan. Uh, there are so few uh, vegan children's books out there, and, and as a parent, I truly appreciate what Tina's done with this. Um, the conversation was was fantastic. I, I really enjoyed speaking with Tina. Uh, and We covered a whole range of parenting subjects, but also we went further. So uh, please enjoy. This is me and Tina Newman. Thank you so much for your time.
1: That's okay.
0: Appreciate it. it. sounds like you're super busy, not only promoting a book, but <laughs> trying to organise two kids.
1: Oh, yeah. And my little dog, bless him.
0: <laughs> and uh, the dog. little dog as well. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, do you have, a, I couldn't remember, did you say you have a child? Or I've maybe got a little
0: boy, a little boy called Arthur, who's 18 months old. He's in nursery <laughs> right now. So Aww. he's having a lovely old time. But... He's a handful. So I, I can't imagine two and a dog <laughs>
1: okay.
0: and, and writing a book.
1: <laughs> it has definitely been a handful, but I've got 20 months between my girls as well. So they're, um they're quite close in age. So it is definitely, uh, it's definitely keeps you on my toes.
0: Yeah. Yes. How, how old are your two?
1: So mine are five and three. Um, My list is going to be four on New Year's Day. So oh, yeah, bless. They're, they're still little, but um, I have a morning free. So it's, nice to get a few things done
0: yeah so you'll have two at school fairly fairly soon
1: yeah I mean my youngest is at preschool um two and a half days out of the week so I try and get as much as I can done on those days and um and then obviously yes, yeah, she'll be going up and then I'll have the five days so I can be as Crazy busy as I can. Then
0: <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds fun. <laughs> so, um, so Tina, that is, when when did you go vegan? What, what sort um, of like led you into that world?
1: So I um, I was vegetarian for twenty one years um, before and completely unaware of the dairy and the eggs, and um, I feel really stupid now, like majorly stupid. <laughs> but yeah. They keep everything so well hidden and because I went vegetarian as a child at 11, um, obviously social media wasn't a thing then. So I just kind of got on with my life thinking that I wasn't um, contributing to the suffering of animals anymore. And yeah. then it was two years ago that I went vegan and I'd literally seen um, a picture on um, Facebook of a mother cow and then a calf. And um, I was just having to click on it. It wasn't anything graphic or anything. It was just the the sadness in both of their eyes. And I thought, oh, I wonder what this is. And it took me to a James Aspie video. Right. um, And then that obviously woke me up big time and I went vegan overnight.
0: Yeah. So going right back. So I'm intrigued as like an 11 year old. So you, you like, did you just make the connection like where your food was coming from? And like, I don't want to be part of this. Like, how did how did that happen?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was, um, I was vegetarian for the first year of my life. My mom told me, um, and then, um, so I don't know (laughs) if that could have had any kind of bearing (laughs) on my huge animal lover uh, childhood, but I, um, I was a massive, massive animal lover as a child and still am. Um, so then we went on a family holiday to Norfolk and we went to Hillside Animal Sanctuary.
0: Um,
1: and, um, because I can't really remember. Um, I just remember being extremely upset. They've obviously got the signs and information around the sanctuary um, connecting obviously what's happened and why the animals are there. And um, I think I obviously just put two and two together. And then yeah. I spoke to my mum and dad. My mum was a vegetarian anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I also, I remember walking down the street um, once. I used to live in London Right. Um, and I remember seeing some animal activists um, and they had um, they obviously had some some placards with some images on. And um, I was I was devastated. It really, really upset me. And it was kind of from then on, really.
0: Right. Right. So I suppose helpful when you've got a, a mum who's kind of um, vegetarian. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Uh, very much so. And and yeah, like like you, I sort of I felt exactly the same about that idea of. When um, when I found out about the egg and dairy industry, kind of thinking, you know, how did I not know about this? Like this, this arguably is worse, <laughs> and yet I know, and yet it's not that information is not publicly available.
1: I know you do. You feel really. I, I mean, I felt deeply ashamed. I still do, and really upset about it. all, especially, I was, you know, I, I was breastfeeding my own children at the time.
0: Right. Okay. Um, wow.
1: It hit me hard, and I, you know, you start thinking, how could I have not known that, you know, obviously cows are mammals to produce milk. They have to be pregnant and it just starts unlocking everything. And, um, you know, you do, you feel really silly, but, um, when you know better, you do better. And I, and I feel that's what I'm trying to do through everything now. And there's no point beating yourself up because they keep everything so hidden from everybody. Don't they?
0: Yeah. 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 I I, I think so. Absolutely. There's definitely like an idyllic image that's kind of, um, that's put out there of kind of almost like it's like surplus and willfully given to us. And, mm-hmm. um, right. and when you find that out, it kind of it, it's like you say, it's devastating. And, and really? you do feel that kind of sense of shame. Um, yeah. So like, so you mentioned at this point, like you're a, you're a mum, uh, mm. and you're kind of like, you know, connecting with particularly like the, you know, things like you, like you mentioned the dairy industry, et cetera, you're connecting with the cruelty of that, like on a, on a, on a kind of personal level. At what point yeah. did that kind of, move into what I would consider like a form of activism in kind of like yeah. becoming a, a children's author.
1: So I, um, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't hang about, I don't think I'm your average vegan. <laughs> I, um, uh, <laughs> I went vegan in the September and I looked straight away for different activism things that I could get involved in.
0: um, right
1: so i went and did something called an earthlings experience in um bury st edmunds uh, about 2 weeks after i went vegan um i guess it was my way of of feeling like i needed to try and um give back and um try and help other people um you know uh, know the truth and everything so i got involved oh. in lots of different activism events over the past 2 years um but i, I then kind of met the four friends who've become like my Uh, they make my support with my little tribe really in Suffolk um all mothers all with children of similar ages and I guess my kind of um well yeah activism but just the different ways that I would try and um be involved to help other people um you know see the truth and the facts and reality of everything it kind of evolved more into parents and mothers and we set something up Called Vegan Mummers, which is a local group um, for anybody who is um, either interested in veganism or who is vegan or who's vegetarian. But because we're in a very rural farming community, um, you can feel quite isolated if you suddenly go yeah. vegan. Yeah, so yeah. I was very blessed to bump into these women, and we were all we all had the same passion and desire to set something up. So um, that kind of started me on my journey of looking into. Um, Uh, The different ways I could do my activism more around my everyday life, if that makes sense, where I'm at, because I was trying to travel to London and get involved in different um, events. And that's that's very difficult when you've got two young children and um, it's not always doable. So that kind of put me on, on my journey, really.
0: Yeah, and were you just fortunate to have come across other other kind of vegan mums, in that, or or did you kind of actively seek them out? Was it through activism that you found them?
1: It was actually, and I do feel really lucky. I know not everybody is fortunate enough to to have, you know make made friends with people not only who are in the same boat as them, but who have exactly the same kind of situation. Um, but I did meet um a couple of them um at it was I think it was the um it was a ditch dairy event so it was an activism event and then a couple of the others at um a coffee morning so then that's kind of that's gone from the five of us to um we put on events now and we have about like 35 to 40 people turn up oh wow Um, wow so um, they featured us in our local paper, which I think probably annoyed the local community because <laughs> obviously we're not very liked here. <laughs> well, I was going to I was gonna ask
0: that. So you mentioned like it being a real kind of rural community. Yeah. I think it's kind of Suffolk, uh, Norfolk, mm-hmm. generally kind of known for their kind of agriculture. Like, so <laughs> are you, do you feel like they're kind of like ostracized kind of group or how well are you received out there?
1: Well, I mean, we're all we're all very friendly mums and we know we weren't, we weren't always vegan. So that is what we always try and remember. And um, I think you can, you can obviously when you first go vegan, you're so horrified by everything you, you know, you want to tell everybody and um, absolutely, forget that, you know, the the best way to, to educate people is to remember how you were educated yourself. So um, I think the main, the main thing with all of us is to, to be really kind and, and patient and, um, so people can't really get annoyed when you're like that. They know. <laughs> no. They know what they we're about. But yeah. as long as you're always um, just staying true to yourself, then I, I'm sure it rattles people. It is gonna, isn't it? Um, yeah. But
0: yeah.
1: We're we're not gonna give up.
0: No, absolutely. And how about like things like you know I've encountered a little bit of this myself, um, but the the kind of like the school gates kind of thing, you know, it's nursery gates for me right now, but the kind of um the nursery kind of um uh, other parents that you come across, and perhaps even the the institutions themselves, the nurseries and schools, what kind of experiences have you had in in that space?
1: Um, so I, yes, yeah, so I've obviously got one in preschool and one in primary school at the minute. Um, and I, um, I tend to, um, wear well, not all the time, but some I've got a couple of jumpers who might, they might have a message on. Um, and right. that probably that might, that might rattle people. They're never <laughs> a horrible message. It just says things like, um, vegans aren't crazy, we're just from the future, just silly little things, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just something to get people thinking. I've got the earthling ed one, which says, um, uh, stand up for something speak up for something vegan for everything so they're just little messages but from that um you know a couple of mums have come over and said oh I like your jumper and started a conversation and two of them ended up doing veganuary um oh, wow. so cool. because of that there are things happening but um I do know that I think I've probably been unfollowed by a few parents on um, yeah. social media because that's going to happen and of course but, yeah Um, with my daughter's school I know you probably don't have to deal with this at the minute at nursery although it'll be interesting to see about your food choices and stuff but um, in year one in reception and year one and two I think um, they get free school dinners right Um, so when mine were at uh, preschool, we just, I just did a packed lunch, but when, um, my eldest Lila started school, I obviously wanted to see what was, um, on the menu for her and there, there wasn't any vegan options. Um, so I, I spoke to the chef and, um, I went to the catering company. Um, and, um, as a result, our school was the first school in Suffolk to roll out a vegan menu. Oh
0: wow. Um,
1: so they've been really amazing and really accommodating um, for that side of things as well. Yeah. Um, and so it's, we've had a really positive experience. I know that's not the same for everybody, unfortunately. But um, what about with you at nursery?
0: Yeah, so, so similar to be fair. Like I think they we, like uh, our little boy Arthur was the he was the first vegan kid in the nursery. Mm. It's a relatively new nursery. There's lots of kids with various intolerances and so on and so forth and i think they they they've kind of like I suppose nursery is a bit difficult in a way, different in a way, like because they're as you as you know, like they're you're paying them. <laughs> There's an element of like that that you know they feel a bit more obliged, maybe. Uh, than, yeah. well, that's my perception. I've obviously not had no, a, I
1: you mean. Yeah. not had
0: a primary school experience just yet. Um, I hope I have one like yours. Sounds super positive, but yeah. um, they they were quite receptive and and have worked with us on the on kind of like what he can and can't eat. That they yeah. they're obviously um, you know it takes a it takes them a bit of time to understand exactly what is vegan and what isn't um and and there's been a few like um I guess like pivotal moments where we can see that they're sort of they've they've suddenly cottoned on to well if we give a vegan option
1: all the kids
0: can eat it I (laughs) know
1: it's so frustrating isn't it because I, I tried to say that to our chef and she was like, I get it. I completely get it. You know, I agree with you, but we can't go, um, the, the catering company obviously provides everything. I was like, it save you guys so much money and everyone can eat it then. And it covers everything. And, um, but people, the, the world's changing. People are changing. They're seeing this now. Yeah. And, um, hopefully my two won't stay the the only the only vegans of the school for much oh,
0: longer hopefully agenda. not no, I'm sure they won't and and the, the little one who's in primary school like how's that been in terms of like other kids are, are they are they aware of a difference does like yeah this the, the kind of birthday party scenario like yeah. how does that play out for you
1: um well she she's amazing she's five um she's gonna be six in April but she's a very very deep um thinking child she's she's kind of she's um she's like an old soul bless her she's very aware of everything and she's um very proud of her way of life and she's very um passionate and so she um she speaks to her friends and um my my, you know i'm friends with the parents and stuff and they come back and they say oh um you know so and so was talking to lila and she wants to try the vegan food tomorrow and um and lila would kind of educate them on stuff um and she yeah she hasn't had a problem at all at all and at, at parties um i'll either speak to the venue and find out if they're going to provide anything if not i will take lila the plant-based alternatives or whatever the other children yeah. are having whether that's hot dogs or nuggets or burgers i'll take the same but i'll make it look 10 times better <laughs> And I'll take, I'll make her food look really amazing and colorful and all the kids are always looking at it like, oh, um, so she hasn't had, yeah, there's been nothing so far that has made her feel like the odd one out. She's, she seems to be very proud, um, to, to, yeah, to be different and, um, her, her friends are all really intrigued and a lot of the time are a little bit confused because they'll, they'll give out Haribo sweets, um, you know, on, on birthdays and Lila will usually have skittles or love hearts or something else. Um, and they'll, they'll ask her questions they will say, but there's no, there's no meat in these. And she'll say, no, but it's got gelatine and they'll, and they'll say, what's that? And she'll say, well, that's crushed <laughs> animal bones. And they'll go, Oh, no, it's not. I'm not eating that. Cause they, you know, they're really confused because of course their parents haven't said that. Or if they've no. gone back and said, mommy, am I eating crushed animal bones? They might say, oh, no, no, you're not, and kind of yeah. shrug it off. So um she's a voice, bless her. She's making she's making ripples. Oh, it
0: sounds like she's her own activist. I love yeah, it. she is. <laughs> 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 raised her well clearly that's Aww. fantastic um yeah and uh, it's interesting that point though I think it's that like the only way that sort of that it that kids don't question it is because of the disassociation we kind of create for them like if, um, if you t- told a child you're eating you know crushed cow bones they'd mm-hmm. funny enough they don't really want to be part of that themselves I think kids are innately kind of you know kind particularly towards animals they so
1: they really are that was like my main thing, um, is like when people ask about, um, or they'll say, oh, I don't know if you've had this yet. Um, how long have you been vegan? I haven't even asked you that. Sorry.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, two, two and a half years. Uh, so just okay. about, like about a year before Arthur was born, watched mm-hmm. Cowspiracy. Uh, my wife uh, is, was, was on, um, she was at work at the time. I was day off she came home and I, I think I must have looked like shell shocked sort of oh. <laughs> sat on the sofa like yeah. you, you need to sit down and you need to watch this Definitely, um, yep. <laughs> um so we did and then like you know three or four documentaries later forks over knives etc yeah. and um dominion yeah. and earthlings and before you know it you're like what on earth were we I doing know. um and it was it for us it was like next day um yeah. So, so yeah, that, that, that's the journey for us about two and a half years, but
1: okay. But,
0: yeah, not, not as long a journey as you in terms of like the vegetarianism and then the transition.
1: Yeah. But do you find people still say, I mean, I don't know how they are towards you with Arthur, but do they, have you had the, any negative comments saying, Oh, you know, it's not fair. You're forcing it on your child or anything like that. Um,
0: it's interesting. So I would say, we haven't had anything directly because i don't think people especially in today's society people are, are kind of they're confrontational online <laughs> <But> yes <laughs> they're probably less confrontational face-to-face but yeah. um, probably more actually friends and family with kind of yeah. not intentional ju- judgment yeah. but you can tell there's like an element of Uh, Are you sure that you're not causing irreparable damage (laughs) to this beautiful little boy? And like, I'm kind of like, you know, yep, I'm really sure. I know, (laughs) know.
1: and that's the thing because you know, if you told children, of course, they wouldn't choose to eat the animals they love, as you say. their children are innately they're compassionate. They come into the world they they love animals and and it's, it's almost like we've had that pushed out of us by our upbringing in society and everything. And then yeah. we straight away start doing it to our children. And, um, you kind of automatically want to suppress that natural inbuilt compassion towards animals. And then you hide it from them, don't you? And yeah, then you go vegan and your eyes are open. And, and that's why I could never, I, I mean, nobody has ever got upset or angry or, or anything to do with anything Lila has said at school because she's only stating the truth and she's doing it, um, you know, in an innocent place. It's coming from a place of love. So, and if anybody was funny about it, then unfortunately she's she's only saying what what the children are eating, isn't she? So yeah. if a parent did say, well, yeah, I don't like the fact that Lila's saying that uh, gelatine is crushed animal bones, well, I'd have to say, well, it is that, isn't it? Like, it, yeah yeah I, just exactly just people aren't too easy to tell their children that our children do know the truth and and we don't bur- we don't want them to feel burdened that they know everything because it's really hard and and we walk to school and the big trucks go by full of pigs and full of chickens and they're on the way to the slaughterhouse and you know living where we do you have it in your face day in day out and yeah um you know lila will be She'll, she'll literally walk into school and she's just seen two trucks go by full of animals and the other children will be pointing and going, Oh look, and she'll be looking up at me really sad and cause she knows where they're going and she knows what's going to happen. And yeah. that's, that's reality. I think for vegan children, it's a, it's a burden that they've got now. They know that on, they, they know the truth and they know what's happening in the world and it's trying to, um, to shelter them from it, I guess. But, um, to, to keep them positive through it and show them the ways that we can fight to, to make a change. Um, and I hope the girls see that with me and putting it into a positive, um, positive way through the book and through other things. Cause otherwise it's a really sad world we live in, isn't it?
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. That disassociation bit is so deep that like you say, like when a, a, a truck full of, you know, pigs goes to a slaughterhouse that, you know, kids, don't associate that with with the end result and it is a massive burden for a child who who does know what's what's going to happen to those those animals and you know thinking about your your kind of book and like i'm going through obviously the journey of like arthur starting to get interested in aspects mm. of media you know so he's starting to watch like tv shows and so on and like uh read books and things like that and like <laughs> even so far as like i mean he loves like things like postman pat for example, and um, <laughs> I'm I'm often <laughs> thinking with like Alf the farmer, like he's got he's a dairy farmer, he's got two cows, um, mm. and we don't we don't see any calves and <laughs> so on and so forth. I know. And and I'm like I've got all this like in my head, like <laughs> so we're watching it. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> at the moment, obviously he's far too young to to even know what's going on, like he just thinks he drinks milk or whatever and it's oat milk yeah. or um but you're yeah, right. that disassociation starts that that young.
1: It does. And it's so subtle and it's in every program and everything you hear. And um you're right, every every kid's program is geared towards well, the other way of life. And it's horrible because when we were growing up, um, you know, I wouldn't have even thought about it. And that's that's obviously my worry for for my two. I don't want them to think um, yeah. you know, even toys that you get like yeah, yeah, everything yeah. everything is obviously it's either like farms or books about zoos and even the classic one the the, the open the flat book about a zoo and you send send the animal back and everything <laughs> is geared towards animal exploitation it's nuts it's completely yeah. nuts um yeah. so they are they're coming into a world where they're going to have to obviously live with that but that's why i'm so passionate about putting the other side out there and and promoting a compassionate lifestyle that kids can then look at and think, ah, you know, that is, that is normal to feel compassionate towards animals and not want to harm them and see them in, you know, behind bars and things like that. So I hope more and more, um, books come out and even nursery rhymes. My five-year-old tells my three-year-old off when she comes back singing, (laughs) bar bar black sheep or old (laughs) MacDonald has a farm. She's changed the words for her, bless her. Um, (laughs) So they've it, made them like sanctuary? sanctuary
0: based. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like we've done exactly the same thing with Arthur. And we're like this doesn't quite scan old oh, McDonald yeah. has a sanctuary. But at the same time, like I'm not saying he's got a farm.
1: <laughs> I know. Although one of my friends had a good idea and she changed it to so he does have a farm, but on his farm he grows apples and then she she's was oh, nice. brilliant. She's he's changed like, all of the things. I love um it. so yeah they, <laughs> But it's just it just shows how subtle it is, isn't it? And um it's it does start so young.
0: Yeah. Old McDonald's into veganic agriculture. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> What's wrong with
0: that? That's much better. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So so that's why I'm so kind of fascinated, uh particularly the journey that sort of sort of I'm on, you're on as a as a parent in, yeah. in your book. Like um it feels to me from what I've seen and like, uh, you know, every time we, we walk past the bookshop, we go in it. We're we're really keen that Arthur like has lots of books around him growing up. Um, and we found very little, um, in the way of of books that sort of talk about um kind of animals in a in a in a positive uh yeah. in a positive way that isn't sort of exploiting them or uh, creating that disassociation so we was super excited by by your book so so um wh- where where was the kind of inception of it when when did it come about
1: um so i i wrote it it all came about very quickly actually i wrote it last year um And then I, I just, I spoke to my cousin who works for a publishing company in London. And I asked her for advice about whether I should go down the publishing route or the self-publishing route. And, um, she kind of gave me the pros and cons for both. And in the end, I thought I'm going to, I know it's hard work and we obviously had to front the money up ourselves. Um, but I thought I was going to go for it with the self-publishing. So everything, the kind of the power was in my hands with the time element. And obviously I had to get my illustrator and everything. Um, so yeah, it all kind of came about quite quickly and, um, obviously launched it in August, but it, it basically, it stemmed from exactly what you've just said. We went vegan. I straight away was looking through all of our books and thinking, gosh, like these are all promoting this, this way of life that we're basically Mm -hmm. turning our back on. And, um, then I went to look for books and I bought a couple of Ruby Roth's books. I don't know if you've come across them, but um no, they've I haven't, got actually oh uh, they're, they're wonderful they're very they're, they're for an older audience but right. um there's one called that's why we don't eat animals and oh. um V is for vegan and so I bought them but my girls were obviously only one and three at the time so.
0: yeah and yeah
1: they the illustrations are um Well, the book is fantastic but they're much more educational and the pictures are very sad because it shows um you know the animals in their natural habitat and then the animals in the factory farms right um so it's quite a dark look at it it's telling the truth but um so i was i was i was then trying to search for these, these vegan books which i thought would be out there and um you know struggled to find anything especially um a story and one that would still have um you know, the magic of a children's story to it and the fun yeah, element, of the yeah. shift, but still with the vegan message, I couldn't find it. So I wrote one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and how have your, your toughest critics, your, your two kids responded to it?
1: Oh, uh, I think they're fed up of it now, to be honest.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> they like, no, mom, they're, can you write another one? <laughs>
1: yeah. They're, no, they're wonderful. And, um, Lila took it into her show and tell, bless her. And she was all very excited. Oh, and, oh. um, my when my youngest walks into our little stock room in the house she shouts phoebe the super vegan and they <laughs> they are they're, they're my proudest little fans um and um yeah they've they've been wonderful um i think my the toughest quick cri- the, the critics will be the the people that i'm surrounded by in, in our village and um i had an interview with bbc radio suffolk which is our local radio station sure. um yeah and she went, she went down. <laughs> yeah, she went for it. Oh, um, did
0: she? Did she go she down there, why are you yeah. forcing this on your Basically children? Exactly,
1: exactly that. And um, right. yeah, she, she used the words emotional blackmailing and everything. And, oh. and I, yeah, oh. I, I just <laughs> simply explained very politely that um, obviously um, I... I'm only telling the truth. And and even in in my book, I'm not saying anything um, apart from the truth. And it's and it's obviously in a childlike way. But um, I would actually say that everything that we do, if you're not vegan, is obviously blackmailing and and it's hiding the truth from children. And if they knew the truth, they're going to choose a vegan lifestyle because you know it comes back to that famous quote if you put a, a toddler in a in a yeah. room with a, a bunny or an apple which one are they going to play with which one are they going to eat and she she didn't really know what to say back to that um so i i know she was obviously she um i think they're quite from quite a, a farming family anyway the presenter so she obviously had an agenda and an opinion before she invited me on but um i know that that's obviously what People think because they're they're blinded by the conditioning. I get it. Mm, I was there, mm. even as a vegetarian. I used to say, "Oh no, vegans are extreme." I get, I get it. Yeah. So you can never really get angry because people are only reacting from that place of defence, aren't they? And that unsure, and they're being challenged on something that they hold so dear. Um, so yeah, a, a, apart from that, and um to be honest, I think that's probably the only. I wouldn't even say negative, like challenging thing I've had. Apart from that, it's been received so positively, and people are so pleased that there's a book now which is positive for their children and and a good role model for them.
0: Yeah, I, I bet. Because like 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 that, the story you told there about um, so it's buying some other books. They're being a little bit older, and 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 almost a little bit not that you want to shield them from the harrowing bit, but at a certain age you think, you know, are they ready quite emotionally to deal with this mm. message? And I've I've had a very similar experience recently with, you know, I bought this, it's a wonderful little book, beautifully illustrated little book about orangutans from the oh. WWF. It's not particularly oh, yeah. about veganism necessarily. It's just, it's more about palm oil and, mm. uh, and it, it, yeah, it's, it's harrowing. It's quite, quite upsetting to just to see this like destruction caused and 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 yeah like I I I love the idea of having just like we were afforded the opportunity to have Mm. beautiful positive stories that that um that create you know great positive behaviors in culture uh, in our culture like uh uh which is what I suppose most omnivorous kids (laughs) get to kind of enjoy
1: (laughs) and vegan children shouldn't shouldn't have that no. away from them. and especially in schools and preschools and nurseries all the books are um you know they're quite old-fashioned and outdated and even we were given as a present a, a book of topsy and tim at the farm and uh you know to give it its juice it was talking that it was a dairy farm and that topsy and tim came across a calf who was on their own and crying and um so it was actually kind of speaking about the reality but um if these are the kind of books that are only that, well the only books um that are in these school settings and education settings then where's the where's the counter argument where's the, yeah. where the books promoting compassion and veganism and at the minute it's not very inclusive so um i'm on a mission to try and get my book in in the early year settings and, and primary school so kids can feel included because it can be really isolating if that's all they're hearing and their lifestyle isn't being affirmed it's not being supported so um no that's the mission at the minute
0: and, and i think that's a that's a, a incredibly worthy mission when i think about like our you know our individual journeys as kind of adults mm-hmm. into veganism like like you said i think we all go through that you go through the like the incredibly kind of uh, I, I use that word shameful that you that you used earlier, like that, those sense of those emotions, the guilt, et cetera, the realization, then the kind of like, right, I need to tell everybody about this yeah. with a certain degree of like, um, passion, you know, they really need yeah. to understand what I've seen. Um, yeah. but, but like alongside all of that, you discover, and I'm doing it actually through this podcast, you discover a community that is full of, joy and love and, and, um, and fun. And it's not all about, uh, whilst we all have the vision of like this, you know, a vegan world and we want to stop the suffering of of animals and protect our environment. We are, we are also, um, you know, joyful people, you know,
1: and Uh, it's staying positive in a cruel world, isn't it? It's yeah, definitely. I I think that's wonderful
0: yeah particularly for children i think yeah that like they shouldn't they shouldn't be robbed of that like you say
1: no. that that
0: mission in terms of like getting that you know into almost like the school curriculum how 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 have you gone with that so far have you have you felt like institutionally i'm thinking back to you know that you you mentioned there that interview with the bbc mm. there couldn't be a bigger sort of institution if you like yeah I know. Um, and and I sort of maybe naively, but I kind of associate the sort of school system as a branch of of, of a similar institution. Absolutely. Yeah. So how are you finding that?
1: Well, to be fair, we've only just um we've been working with someone called Laura Shepner, who is a wonderful lady. She has got something called primary of education. Um, And she is the UK's first vegan um, consultant. And she basically goes into schools. They invite her in and she helps the schools um, become more vegan inclusive for their pupils. Um, So she's she's amazing. um, And she helped um, us draft a letter up to send out to the schools. So at the minute. Yeah, so basically me and my husband um, are writing down all of the schools um, in the UK and we found out that there are 40,000 primary schools alone um, and that's obviously without all of the preschools and nurseries on top, so it's going to it's gonna be quite a lengthy process, but all <laughs> we can do is, is contact them and um, I guess it will depend on how open-minded the head teacher is and um, Laura's helped us draft this letter, um, you know, really well, so we're not we're not coming in aggressive or or judgmental at all we're just trying to put that um alternative book and resource there um to highlight that um you know ofsted and the early yearning, the early years learning goals all speak about um having this understanding the world around you criteria
0: right
1: um and that um at the minute if they're only offering these resources through books and and songs and everything, and it's only offering that, that, um, you know, the non-vegan way of life and, um, they don't have anything that is, is, is there for the vegan children and that is teaching the, you know, the vegan child's peers about their way of life. So it's just offering it in that way. And hopefully, um, you know, a lot of these schools on their websites have inclusivity at the top of their schools. So it's just trying to highlight that at the minute the schools aren't vegan inclusive. Um, so if they would like my book as a resource, then I'd be more than happy to arrange that and come and do readings and and so on. So we'll have to see really what comes from it.
0: Yeah, like you say, I think there's a degree of, um, uh, of autonomy to some extent with schools yeah. from what I can see. So So, so like I was speaking with um, a lady called Sarah Sarah Zanelli, who um, runs a, a a marketing company and and they run events. She's called Sparkle Media Events, Sparkle, Sparkle Vegan Events, I should say. And um, uh, alongside that, she 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 kind of goes to schools and talks on behalf of Animal Aid.
1: Amazing.
0: And um, and similarly, I was kind of like intrigued as to. How do you uh, you know? Surely the schools are all going to go. Nope, that's <laughs> we don't, we don't do that. Um, we're definitely not talking to kids about that. And she said, like, I was surprisingly like, yeah, some had teachers and some some teachers. You know, if there's a, a vegan teacher or somebody who's kind of like passionate about the inclusivity message, you yeah. know, genuinely, um, then then they're they're quite keen. So yeah, l- let's hope that there's there's lots of those people around who who really yeah. want to be that inclusive.
1: I do hope so. In in fact, three of my friends, um, in in my vegan mama and, and another, another friend of mine, they all, um, do educational talks with animal aid as well. And I think it's such a fantastic thing to do. And, um, you know, this, this book, it's not, it's not, um, showing anything graphic and it's, it's obviously just trying to, it's still a lovely story for children and and children love animals. So it's for non-vegan children, um, and vegan children so I, I really wanted to empower vegan kids but i also wanted to to educate non-vegan children and one lady got in touch with me and said that she would bought her, the, the book for her vegan children but her non-vegan cousins were around and um her children were reading the book and straight away the non-vegan children were obviously asking questions and saying yeah. um you know but uh but why is she sad and, and, you know, what's going on about the pig and asking questions and, and where was the pig? Li- where was the pig going and just asking things so it's to get them thinking. And um, she said that she was very happy to step back and let her vegan children do the <laughs> educating. So, you know, the her, her whoever it was, her brother or sister couldn't then get angry because um, that's a kid's automatic. <laughs> they have the right to question, don't they? They have. Yeah, absolutely. They, we, don't, we, do, we don't really give them credit, children, for their their intelligence and their compassion so we'll yeah. see I, I hope the schools will be positive and we can get that in there because the world is changing and, and i I do really believe that they need to offer that for children
0: yeah and and let let's face it we're talking one book at the moment or, or you know amongst a sea of i know uh, uh, of information to the to the contrary so i think yeah. you know the least that schools can do is offer something, you know, like I'd love to see it, um, being far more diverse than that. So I think the least they could do is like, accept your, your booking uh, yeah. as a starter for hope 10. So. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> I'll certainly be, um, be on your side with that one.
1: Oh, bless you. <laughs> I you posted anyway.
0: Yeah, do, do. So, um, I have one fo- like sort of final big yeah. question and it sort of zooms out a little bit I suppose mm-hmm. but I've been asking lots of different people this as I've gone through yeah. this kind of this kind of journey um to give you the context like prior to doing the podcast Mm -hmm. uh, I had probably um, or or to go back a little further I'd probably met about sort of two other vegans one of them being my wife and one being my son (laughs) up until I volunteered for Reading Vegan Festival and um, there I met a whole bunch of like speakers who were doing like talks there and just couldn't believe the many and varied viewpoints and so that led to me wanting to have these conversations because I thought there's so many people out there that have um have like completely different perspectives often you know obviously the same end point that we all want to get to a kind of vegan world Mm -hmm. um and so that's kind of the the crux of my question is like how optimistic do you feel about that kind of end mission if you like that goal to get to a vegan world
1: well i i believe it's going to happen um i you know it'd be amazing if it happened in our lifetime but i can't see that happening um not not really even with um my girls but maybe their grandchildren um and i i know it's, it's going to happen it has to happen obviously it's things aren't sustainable from an environmental point of view the way things are at the minute um and obviously i i've it can't come soon enough in my eyes at all um i'm vegan for the animals that's that's why i went Mm. vegan and Mm. obviously learned more about the environmental side um and obviously the health which is a a, there's just a bonus for me um ultimately for me i just want to see the end of animal exploitation in all forms and as a result of that then humans will be healthier and the planet will be better and it's it's just a win-win-win all around um so I do believe it will become a vegan world, or at least the majority. There'll be a tipping point. Um, I don't know when that will be. Um, it Sometimes you can be on social media and you can feel that um, hmm. it's coming very very soon because i think obviously through the algorithms on um you know facebook yeah. and other things you you obviously you're seeing a lot of like-minded people's posts so i know a lot of vegan activists and um, you'll be seeing things and and hearing stuff and conversations and the kind of the positive side and things that are pl- uh, plant-based news are posting and you can think wow this is incredible and then i'll step outside my door and i'll go down to school and realize that i'm the only person who feels like this um, or there may be a few other mothers now who have got to know me and have made changes, which is incredible. And that, I think they're the things that you hold on to because you can, you can start thinking, oh gosh, when's this going to happen? And,
0: yeah. and
1: you know, will it ever happen? And, um, you know, it could become a bit doom and gloomy. And, um, what I try and hold on to is the fact that the power of the ripple effect. So, you know, if I hadn't have watched that James Aspie video, then I wouldn't have, um you know met the other mums and then we wouldn't have started up this group and then all of those people wouldn't have come along and then I wouldn't have you know written the book which has gone out to all of these children and families it's just the power of the ripple effect that yeah. don't ever stop believing and talking to people because um you just don't know what will happen and the kind of people that you then speak to you know especially if they become passionate and vocal it's it is it's so powerful and um I really believe that one day the world will look very very different and it would be amazing if we could see it but um I'm not sure
0: <laughs> I think that's a um a balanced and pragmatic view but yeah
1: ultimately
0: ultimately like full of optimism and that I think completely I, I, I I'm, I'm really like sti- yeah
1: I'm I think it's it's important to obviously be realistic and say, well, the world is not going to go vegan overnight. It just isn't. I mm-hmm. think, unfortunately, um, you know, as much as we love the older generation for so many amazing, incredible things they've done, you know, Remembrance Sunday's just gone and I'm always in tears thinking about, you know, what our grandparents and their generation did for, you know, our today. And there's so many amazing, incredible things. But the deep conditioning obviously goes with that generation and then the generation down and then even our generation and it's the millennials driving this movement forward with veganism that, um, unfortunately I think a few of our generations are going to have to, to pass on until that tipping point really does happen. And we saw it with, with smoking, didn't we? Like, um, you know, you've only got to look at that and think as a child, you know, you'd go to shopping centers, you'd go to restaurants, you'd go to, well, not as a child, I was going to say nightclubs, but obviously once you got to (laughs) teenagers, smoking was everywhere. And if anybody had said "Look, this is going to be banned and everybody's going to end up kind of looking at people and they're smoking being like, well, why are you doing that? Like nobody really would have believed that, but you only have to look around now and see, um, okay, well that's changed. And the tobacco industry was the same kind of thing in the way that, you know, they paid doctors to promote it and, um, it it was, it was very corrupt in the same way that the animal agriculture industry do everything. And, um, that just shows that once there is that tipping point and people wake up to the truth and we have the power of social media and the more people that speak up against these industries and the more people that find their voice in whatever way that is, whatever way they feel comfortable, um, the quicker it's going to happen. So, um, yeah I'm I'm positive and um I'm going to do everything I can in my lifetime and and teach my children to do the same and be a positive warrior to bring it about quickly
0: I love that I love that and you're and you're definitely bringing up two wonderful activists I think on uh, (laughs) to to support the cause further yeah so where can we go about finding Vivi the super vegan uh if we want to pick up a copy
1: um so it's available directly from my website which is www.vvthesupervegan.co.uk um we've just launched on amazon last week as well um and uh, yeah so it's available um through either of those and um hopefully 2020 you'll be seeing the second edition to the series as well
0: oh wonderful so there's more in the works
1: <laughs> there is indeed
0: excellent great news well we'll look out for that and where and where where can we look out for stuff like that social media is that a good place to find you yeah
1: yeah so I'm on Instagram and um, I've got a page on Facebook as well so it's just at Vivi the super vegan on both of those
0: excellent excellent well thank you so much for your time tina i know how busy you are uh self-promoting this book um it's a truly exceptional piece of work so thank you so much for writing it um and as a as a parent um that that's that thanks is really heartfelt so um oh, really appreciate it lot.
1: oh well thank you that means a lot and thank you for having me on as well it's been great chatting
0: no problem thanks then